It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to talk a little 2022 NFL draft with the OG of year-round NFL draft online content, Mr. Walter Cherpinski, founder, president of WalterFootball.com. Walter, thanks so much for coming on, brother. Thanks, thanks for having me on. I uh, can't wait to talk about the draft. Uh, there are four weeks left of the regular season, which means we have four weeks left of the draft season, so I'm excited. I hate to tell you this, Walter, but for Jets fans, draft season started a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And in that vein, let's start off talking about your latest mock draft. It's a little bit different than what you had the last time we spoke. You do have Kenny Pickett going number one overall to the Detroit Lions. I know that Charlie Campbell reported on your site that Pickett is really gaining steam. Nick Spano over at U Stadium has reported that he's hearing buzz that Pickett may very well go in the top five. I was looking at historical trends, Walter, and in the last 20 NFL drafts, 19 of them had at least one quarterback going inside the top three, which of course is excellent news for the Jets because if that trend holds, then that would mean that the two pass rushers would have a better chance of getting to the Jets. Of course, I'm talking about Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan and Kayvon Thibodeau of Oregon. Tell me about what you're hearing with Kenny Pickett. Do you think there's a legitimate chance he goes number one to the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I think so. I I feel like if the draft were to happen today, um, the Lions would probably pick Thibodeau or maybe Hutchinson. But, you know, given that they have four more months to make a decision, like four and a half months, um, they'll probably talk themselves into drafting a franchise quarterback. Like you see it all the time. Um, You know, Arizona a few years ago, uh, you know, everyone thought they're going to take Nick Bosa and they ended up with Kyler Murray. Uh, The Lions need a franchise quarterback. Jared Goff is not the answer. Um, You know, he's not fully responsible for the record this year, but he's not. He's not the solution. Like they have, they have to find a franchise quarterback, and I, I think they may talk themselves into Kenny Pickett. And Charlie was talking about in his uh, NFL Hot Press report uh, that multiple teams now believe, or multiple sources from teams now believe that Kenny Pickett's going to be the number one pick. Um, now, like I said, I, I think today it wouldn't be the case, but I think by April, I, I feel like there's a good chance Kenny Pickett's going to go number one. You've got Malik Willis going inside the top four too, and I've heard all kinds of things about him. Sounds like he could go anywhere from the top five to like the second round. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, he has a high upside, but he also has a low floor. So it really depends on what, in this case, Houston thinks about him. Um, so the Texans are desperate for a quarterback. And I think like the Lions, I feel like they're going to talk themselves into maybe Willis, maybe Matt Corral, maybe someone else. Um, I just don't know what they do a quarterback if they don't take one here at number three overall or whatever pick they get. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Willis has the highest upside, and they may talk themselves into thinking, hey, we can really get this guy uh, to play on a Pro Bowl level uh, just because of his high ceiling. So 
Um, I, I think it's likely that Houston goes quarterback as well. Last time we spoke, you had the Jets getting Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rusher out of Michigan, and Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback out of LSU with their first two picks inside the top 10. You still have that, which I'm very happy with. Todd McShay in his first mock draft has the Jets getting Derek Stingley Jr. at number four, and then with their second pick at number seven, he has them taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Hamilton is an excellent player. I'm not trying to denigrate him. However, the Jets have much bigger needs than safety. They need players at all the premium positions, pretty much, with the exception of quarterback at this moment. So I would think that Joe Douglas is going to steer away from taking two defensive backs in the top 10, and one of them, of course, being a safety, especially since he's seen firsthand what happens when you invest too much in a safety. Look at what happened with Jamal Adams. Trade him to Seattle for two firsts and a third. Seattle pays him a ton of money, and then he's had a downhill swing, especially this year, and then got hurt. He hasn't been the difference maker they were expecting him to be. To me, when you're taking a safety this high, you've got to be a team that is pretty well stocked at the other key positions. The Jets aren't anywhere near that. I'm not trying to say Hamilton isn't a special player. Certainly, he's an excellent player, so I don't want people getting on me for that, but I just can't see the Jets doing that. I think your scenario is much more likely. What I do wonder is, if it plays out where, say, Pickett goes number one, and Thibodeau and Hutchinson go number two and number three, which very well could happen, and the Jets are sitting there at four, whether or not they pivot to Carl Loftus, who you have going number five to the Giants, because that seems like it could be a likely scenario as well. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, They really need a net rusher. I I know they get Carl Lawson back next year, but they still need uh, someone to pressure the quarterback. Um, And and yeah, I I feel like it it really depends with, you know, either George Carl Loftus or... uh, Jermaine Johnson. I feel like one of them will be the pick um, if, if if the scenario plays out like you said it will. Um, and I agree with the Kyle Hamilton situation. So um, it, it it doesn't. I don't think it really makes much sense uh, for the Jets to take a safety when they just acquired this pick for a safety. You know, it doesn't seem like um, the Jets really uh, value safety as highly as some other teams. Now, like if, if Kyle Hamilton is by far the best player available uh, with their second pick. Um, and then there's like no one else close, then that's the only scenario in which I see the Jets taking Hamilton. But I think otherwise they go edge rusher and then a corner. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Two players that you have going in interesting spots here that I think would be awesome for the Jets if either one of them lasts to number 36. One of them is Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. I've been talking about him a lot. Jordan Reed from ESPN has compared him to A.J. Brown, and I see that comparison. I think it's perfect. He's quick, he's big, he's got good hands, he runs good routes, he can do pretty much everything, and he's got that size that the Jets need. In a lot of ways, it would be a return to the 2018 Ole Miss receiving core when A.J. Brown was with Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore now, of course, with the Jets. He put Burks and Moore together. I think that would be perfect. Unfortunately, I think the Jets would probably either have to trade down from that Seattle pick or trade up from one of their second-round picks in order to acquire him. Another player in that mold who I think the Jets could really use is the linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd. He can do pretty much everything. He can play in a 4-3 or a 3-4. Really like him a lot. I think he ultimately ends up going in the first round. But if he's sitting there at 36, that'd be really tempting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'd be a great fit. Um, you know, you can use him as an edge rusher, um, but you can also use him inside. Uh, he's so versatile. He reminds me of Zayvon Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, uh, the first round pick from Arizona uh, 
for the Cardinals, I should say, last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think either of those players would be great uh, for the Jets' second pick. I, I don't see Burks getting there. I think, like you said, they'd have to either trade up or trade down from their second pick. Um, I have Burks going 24, and that's actually a little bit later than I wanted because uh, I feel like this draft is, is pretty – um, it's pretty solid. Like there, there are some good players where I, I wanted to put them higher, like Devin Lloyd as well. Um, I was looking to put, put him in the first round and I just couldn't get him there. Uh, so I had him falling to 36, but it, it would be a steal. I think if the Jets got him there. Walter, let's talk a little draft stock. Some guys are up. Some guys are down quite a few wide receivers are up there. I talked about Traylon Burks and certainly he's been helping his stock here. Are a couple of others, Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, Wandale Robinson, wide receiver out of Kentucky. Talk to me a little bit about these two and why their stock is up. Um, so Wandale Robinson is, uh, he, he's really fast. Uh, you know, they're, they're talking about how, uh, he maybe compares to Brandon Cooks. Um, it, it just like that sort of game breaking speed. I, I feel like with, receivers who have that they they tend to get drafted uh earlier than the people expect um kind of like uh, elijah moore you know last year I, I think a lot of people had him in the second round initially um or, or in the third round maybe initially and then he kind of rose as as the uh as the the draft process went on um so you, you tend to see that and then uh drake london um <clears throat> some some evaluators love him some hate him uh he's gotten comparisons to keenan allen and mike evans um, so, you know, when you get a love, hate prospect, all it takes is one team to draft them highly. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like Drake London could maybe, um, end up going in the first round, uh, probably second round. Uh, so like I said, there are a lot of good receivers in this class. A lot of good offensive linemen that are climbing up the board too. Lasita Smith, the guard out of Virginia Tech. Luke Godolke, I think that's how you pronounce it, the offensive tackle out of Central Michigan. Spencer Buford, the offensive tackle who can also play a little guard out of UT San Antonio. Matt Waletsko, the offensive tackle out of North Dakota. Dylan Parham, guard out of Memphis. Max Mitchell, offensive tackle out of Louisiana Lafayette. And Mick Zakelge, I think that's how you pronounce it, offensive tackle out of Fordham. So local kid there. Tell me about these guys because, look, the Jets need to add some offensive linemen. Makai Becton has been really good when healthy, but he's missed a lot of time, so you need depth there. Elijah Tucker has been really good his rookie year. We don't know what's going to happen with Morgan Moses. George Fant's been pretty good this year, but he's going to be on the final year of his contract. Connor McGovern, who knows how long he's going to be here. So the Jets are going to need to add quality offensive linemen, and some of these guys could be legitimate options for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you need to protect Zach Wilson because he's had a, a rough rookie year. Um, there's there are decent um, the offensive linemen prospects and who are going to go in like round two, round three, round four. Uh, so like someone like Dylan Parham, um, you know, he can he can play guard and center. I think so. Someone like that is going to be very versatile. Uh, well, let's go. I played very well this year for North Dakota. Um, he uh, he's going to be in the senior role, so he's someone whose draft stock is going to maybe rise. I, I know we have him up, up on the draft stock, but I think some other people are going to pay attention to him. Uh, uh, Burford from uh, Texas San Antonio. Uh, he could play tackle. He could play left tackle, right tackle, and guard. Um, so it, I think it's so important to have versatile offensive linemen because if one guy goes down, you can plug one of these players into multiple spots. Some more players whose stock is up from the big schools. Jamison Williams, wide receiver Alabama. From what I'm hearing, it looks like he could go as high as 10 to 15. He might be the top receiver in this draft. Mario Goodrich, the cornerback out of Clemson. Listen, we know the Jets could use all the help they can get 
in the secondary. So even if they were to get somebody like Stingley High, if they're able to get another corner later on, certainly worth looking into. Brian Cook, the safety out of Cincinnati as well. So those are three players from big schools that are really drawing some attention. Obviously, Williams and Cook are going to be on display for the entire nation to watch during the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, Williams was amazing uh, against Georgia in the SEC Championship, so that's why his stock is up. I I am going number 18 to Cleveland. Uh, Obviously, the Browns need a receiver, but, I mean, you're right. Uh, If the Jets want to trade down from their second pick, uh, I I think that, you know, he he could be someone they target kind of like Traylon Burks as well. Um, I I think it's one of those two guys or uh, Garrett Wilson uh, who are going to be the the top receiver chosen. So it's going to be pretty competitive for that. And then, yeah, Mario Goodrich, is, uh, he's, he's going to be in senior bowl, and um, he could have a great week and then kind of rise up the board. So, yeah, I mean, if, if the Jets don't get Stingley in the first round, uh, I think they can use a second-day pick on someone like him or someone else. As we said before, Walter, the Jets have needs on the offensive line and in the secondary, in addition to almost everywhere else on the field. Zach Tom, the offensive tackle who can also play a little center at Wake Forest, his stock is up. Big guy with a lot of versatility, somebody that could do the Jets a lot of good because, again, they could use plenty of depth. Marcus Jones, the cornerback out of Houston. Damari Mathis, the corner out of Pittsburgh. Tyson Anderson, safety out of Toledo. Jalen Watson, corner out of Washington State. And Berhard Raymond, the offensive tackle out of Central Michigan, all on the list at WalterFootball.com with stock pointing up. So tell me about some of these guys because, again, the secondary and the offensive line absolutely going to be areas that Joe Douglas will target in this draft and free agency. So the more we know about these guys, whether they're going to go early or even in the mid to late rounds, the better as we get ready for the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, I, like you said, Zach Zach Tom is um, is a versatile uh, offensive lineman. He can play tackle and center. So, like what I was saying before, uh, it's so important to have these versatile linemen just to plug them in, um, at, you know, anywhere because of injury. And you know, he can like eventually. I, I think he's probably going to be a third round pick. Um, so he could maybe start in his rookie year. So he's someone you could target on in the third round. Uh, Marcus Jones is is small. He's he's five eight, but he's he's such a good cornerback. So he's going to be a slot cornerback. So you know if you're targeting a slot cornerback in like the third or fourth round, I, I feel like he would be a good option. Uh, Damari Mathis from Pittsburgh is you know he's five eleven as well. So his size is like he's a little small as well, but he's he's pretty gritty uh, defender and. Um, he's going to be in the senior bowl. So he's another one who can bounce back. Uh, he was out in 2020 with an injury. So he's going to, I feel like he bounced back well and he can only help his draft stock. So these are, this is another guy you can get in the third or fourth round. Now let's talk a little bit about guys whose draft stock has gone down. And we will start with Tariq Castro Fields, the corner out of Penn State. And I got to say, my friend Brian Kim, who's a Penn State alum, I would always ask him about all these Penn State guys because it looks like a ton of them are going to get drafted. And I said, what do you think of Tariq Castro Fields? He's getting a lot of buzz. This was early in the season. And he said, don't really like him. Don't think he's that good. And I would keep checking in on him and joking around with him. Hey, you coming around on Castro Fields? And he would say, nope, still don't really like him that much. And as the season wore on, he seemed to be even more confident in his opinion that Castro Fields wasn't really that good and was getting a little too much hype. Now you're hearing Castro Fields, who was getting some first-round buzz early in the season, may slide all the way down to the mid to late rounds, had a really poor season with Penn State, 
And it's interesting because we see this all the time, Walter. The guy that I always go back to because I remember it really well was Brad Kaya, the quarterback out of Miami. At one point, people thought he could be a top five, top ten pick. I believe he ended up going in the sixth or seventh round. So things change rapidly throughout the season, and that seems to have been the case here with Tariq Castro-Fields. Yeah, he's he's had a rough year, uh, a huge disappointment. Uh, not even the best quarterback on the on the Penn State roster. It's Joey Porter Jr., who I have in the uh, the top five of my 2023 mock draft. Uh, so Castro Fields is coming off a bad year. Um, the thing the thing though with him is that he could have a great combine and great pro day workouts because he's he's so athletic. Uh, so I, I feel like he could re- maybe rebound uh, in March and April. Uh, you know, coming off the down year and maybe some team could talk themselves into him. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question that he still goes in the first round just because of his upside, but it's it's probably going to go on day two at some point just because of that athletic ability. Also, Walter, seeing their stock dip, a lot of prospects on the Georgia defense because of the poor performance they had against Alabama. Now, we know that it's been a really strange season for that Georgia defense. They look like world beaters, but they did lose their best player, Adam Anderson, who ended up getting suspended in October after allegations were brought forward against him. Don't want to get into that because we have no idea how that's going to shake out, but we'll see what happens ultimately there. He was on pace to be, I would think, a top five, top ten pick in this draft. Now we don't know. The dust still has to settle there, but with him not there against Alabama in the SEC championship game, the Georgia defense got smacked around. Bryce Young had 400 yards passing, clean pockets all day. Jordan Davis, who a lot of people think could be a top 10 player, just wasn't the impact player that you were expecting. Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith, two guys that were getting some buzz, they weren't really impactful either. So I think that game really hurt these guys. We'll see what they do in the college football playoff, but right now stock down for all three of those Georgia defenders. Yeah, for sure. And if Adam Adam Anderson were uh, eligible, or I guess, I guess he still is, but you know, if, if he didn't have that off-field stuff, uh, I feel like he would be probably number five in my mock draft right now. Uh, so you know, you wouldn't have to worry as much about the pass rushes falling to you if he were still there. But yeah, obviously the circumstances uh, dictate that he's not going to be. Um, yeah, Georgia had a rough uh, SEC championship. Uh, they were they were big favorites and they flopped. Uh, they got blown out by Alabama. Alabama looks so good against Georgia, but I I kind of wonder like like obviously they deserve uh, these three players deserve to have their stock down. But I, I wonder if Georgia kind of just took Alabama lightly. You know, Alabama almost lost to, to LSU. They almost and almost lost to Auburn. I, I feel like Georgia just thought they were going to beat uh, Alabama pretty easily. You know, given that they were big favorites. Uh, so I, I just think they were caught off guard. They didn't need to win the game. They were going to be in the playoffs regardless. Uh, so I, I think that they're going to bounce back. Like, I, I'd be surprised, especially if Jordan Davis struggles. Like, Jordan Davis is such a freak athlete at 340 pounds. Like, it's amazing what he can do. Um, I, I've had him in the top 10. I still do. Um, I, I've had him slip a bit. I, I, I moved Trayvon Walker from the middle of the first round to the second round. But I think these guys could really bounce back in the, in the college football playoff. It's only December, so a long way to go. But I'm glad that Walter Cherpinski of WalterFootball.com was able to come on and talk about where the Jets are at right now, some possibilities for them, and of course, get into the NFL Draft Stock Report, everything that he and Charlie Campbell are hearing through the grapevine with these NFL teams, and of course, 
college coaches and scouts and all of that and where some of these guys could potentially go. This is going to change a lot by the time we get to April, but for now it's good to know where everything is at. Walter Cherapinski, WalterFootball.com. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out your year-round draft coverage, it never stops. I was joking with you before we started recording that I'm going through your site and I see new update after new update after new update. So much content there. It's all awesome. You've got fantasy football. You've got gambling. Everything a football junkie could want. So talk about what you've got going on there and what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, tons of draft content. Uh, I hinted at a 2023 NFL mock draft. Uh, both Charlie and I have one of those. Uh, we have 2022 NFL mock drafts updated uh, this week. Um, the draft stock reports that you referenced, we have a big board updated. We have prospect rankings, so tons of draft content. Uh, also, picks against the spread, fantasy rankings, uh, fantasy stardom system. Uh, we grade signings and trades, uh, and it's all free content. So, yeah, you can check out waltzerfootball.com for all that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun ride these next four months. Uh, like you said, a lot can change, but it's going to be exciting to see what the Jets end up doing. Check out everything going on at WalterFootball.com and check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, doing some great videos over there. He's got a fantastic breakdown of Zach Wilson's performance against the Philadelphia Eagles when Zach Wilson was good. He's also going to have plenty to say about Zach Wilson's poor performance in the Jets' most recent game against New Orleans using all 22 footage. Four games left for Zach Wilson. We'll see where this goes, but right now you can chart his progress through Luke Grant's videos on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Lots of other film breakdowns there as well, so watch all the videos and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Also, check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Bless You Thank You, John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, hoodies, and so much more. It's all there, tpublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.